a restaurant unstoppable episode 177 are you ready for it factors success stories failures and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge then join eric cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Octavio Mantilla. Octavio, are you feeling unstoppable today? I'm feeling super unstoppable. Yes. Great. <laughs> and I did say your name correctly, right? You actually did. Beautiful. That's an awesome name. I love it. From the beginning, I was just pumped. Like A guy with the name like Octavio Mantilla has to be a fun guy. Uh, so I, I can't wait for this interview. You're going to blow us away. Um, let me give the listeners at home just a quick introduction of who you are and what you're all about. Octavio Mantillo was born in Nicaragua and moved to New Orleans as a child. At 16, he got his first job in the restaurant and has worked his way through all the managerial levels. He earned a bachelor's degree from Tulane University and an MBA from the University of New Orleans. He helped open Harrah's Casino and Hotel in New Orleans, then to St. Louis as Harrah's Director of Food Operations. He also opened numerous fine dining restaurants for Harrah's nationwide. Octavio returned to New Orleans to be reunited with his old friend John Besh at the Besh Steakhouse at Harrah's. Octavio joined John as a partner in the Besh Restaurant Group, combining his vast experience in restaurant operations with a passion for customer service. Since becoming John's partner, the Besh Restaurant Group has expanded to include Luke San Antonio, Bourne, and Pizza Dominica with Johnny Sanchez Baltimore in Johnny Sanchez New Orleans. Octavio, this is just a huge aerial view of who you are and what you're all about. I can't wait to dive into... Uh, your stories, your your advice. But before we do that, we need to get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. So what do you have for us today? You know, one thing that I've always, I say it often, uh, especially somebody in my position, which is for the most part in the background a lot, uh, pushing a lot of our chefs and, and, and working together with our chefs and our GMs and our, and our leadership team. Um, in our group, uh, you know, we have, you know, John Bash is a celebrity chef. He's the face of our company. He's a lot out there. And I'm the one pushing in the background often. Um, so one of the things that I take, and I took it from Harry Truman, uh, from a president of the United States, that said, you can accomplish most anything in life if you don't care who gets the credit. Mm, I love it. I've heard that quote before, and it's so true, especially in this industry, because it takes a team to do the job right. Um, and, I mean, what really just resonates with you about that quote? Um, I, especially in the position that I am, uh, you know, John and I own this company. We have 12 restaurants. We keep growing. Uh, and it's, it's to be humble and to understand that you talk to your team and it doesn't matter. We have everybody out in the field and fighting and, and working hard and pleasing people and, and pushing the envelope. And it's not about a particular person. Even though we have plenty of chefs that are well known in our group, I still push the fact, you know what, we're together as a team. 
We're going to push forward. It doesn't matter who gets credit. Let's just move forward. Yeah, and especially in the restaurant industry with small uh, community restaurants, independently owned restaurants, that layer, there's so many layers to that because it's not just your team, the people inside your restaurant, but your community, your purveyors, your investors. I mean, there's so much. I mean, if you put all those people before you and you give all those people the credit, you can go so far. So I really love that we're starting off with that quote. Thank you for sharing it. And uh, let's talk about your why. I mean, what is it? What's your purpose? Why do you do what you do? You know what? It's interesting because it took me a while, to be honest, to figure it out. I, I, I listened to my head a little bit too long, and uh, I, got in, I got in the restaurant business, you know, working while I was in high school and then in college and always trying to find a real job you know <laughs> this is what i'm doing while i go get my real job i hate when people say that <laughs> and, it, and now it aggravates me because you know now it's like and it, it took me a while it took me a while to realize that this is a real job and this is what i love to do mm-hmm. i i mean i i uh, i work i wake up every morning one loving it this is what i do and i think it goes down to one thing in our industry, at the end of the day, we're serving people. Mm-hmm. We're called to serve and, 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 and please people and make sure people have a great time. And I think if you don't have that it, that passion in you to really, honestly, sincerely serve somebody, then you're in the wrong industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that that drop, that in itself, that being humble, and really understanding what you really do, which is serving, it doesn't matter what you do. At the end of the day, you're either serving your your guests, your employees, your vendors, your you know everybody, and that's the bottom line. I love it. So, would you say your why is just the, the ability to to serve people because you love serving people and the, the service aspect? Right. Right. And I think pleasing, I mean, making, seeing people smile oh, yeah. is a beautiful thing. It's not like we're, we're in a business that is actually a lot of fun. It's not like we're curing cancer or taking care of sick people or, or burying people. Or I mean, we are in a fun industry. And if you can really enjoy that, then... Oh, yeah. Know, I know. And I love how you say, um, you know, so many people, they'll come up to you and say, you know, get a real job. But this is, like you said, this is a real job. And the thing that I love about it, there's a very few amount of people out there that can do it really well. You have to be a special person to be able to do this work well and to really enjoy it, too. That's the other part of it. So you're one of a few, you know, we, we are a few where uh, what's what's the word i'm looking for a very rare breed uh that can handle this job and recognize that it's real work and it takes a special person to do it so uh, i love the energy we're putting into this and i love the, the direction we're going in this interview so um can you think of a time octavia when you can dial back and take us through that moment when you made the decision that this was going to be your career and it wasn't just going to be a, a part-time or a for now job it's funny because it's a specific moment in life that actually I remember clearly. Uh, it ha- I mean, it just dawned on me. I went to school, uh, worked in restaurants, went to get my bachelor's there in computer science for, you know, for all, you know, which is great now. It serves me amazingly. I bet. <laughs> uh, and uh, went to work uh, 
in computers, and I hated it. And uh, I said, you know what, let me go back to the restaurants, and I'm going to go get my MBA. And I went to get my MBA. I graduated, went to work and selling stocks. And I hated it. And one morning, I remember that I was in the morning call box, in the bullpen, in a, in a, in a stock house, making calls, and all of a sudden, it's like, I was wishing for the day, because I still was working part-time at night, managing restaurants. Mm -hmm. And I, that moment in, in the morning, when I was about to make my 250 calls that I needed to do, <laughs> I'm like, I, I couldn't wait to go back to my night job. Mm -hmm. And that single moment told me, wait a second, this what why you keep fighting this is this is what you want to do. Mm -hmm. You don't you know you're not dreading going to work. You you love it, you can't wait to see the people at work, you can't wait to see the smiles of people coming to restaurants. And I made that choice and it changed my entire life. Mm -hmm. I my love entire it. Entire life. I really do love it, man. And I think it's the people that have that switch that can hit that switch and go, wait a second. I like what I'm doing, and they embrace it, which is what is really important. And it sounds like that's what you did. So let's find out your it factors. If you could just narrow it down to a handful of characteristics, habits, traits that you have that you think most contribute to your success, what would they be? Uh, I think, I mean, there's, I think, uh, keep saying humble. Stay humble. Uh, I was number two. You have to understand what service is. And I mean in serving, not as in serving a table or serving. I'm talking about that feeling when somebody comes to your house and comes in because they're coming to see you. And I'm not talking about a restaurant, but your actual house. And the first thing you see is you call that person. Thanks for coming in. We're going to watch the, you know, have a few glasses of wine. You get them uh, that one and you want them to be very happy in your house. Yeah, because you are the host. And mm -hmm. I tell people this all the time. People ask me, what is your job? I'm, I'm, I'm the host of the party that never ends. <laughs> I love it. My restaurant is open 365 days a year, seven days a week, and there's always somebody that wants to see me. Mm -hmm. And I tell, I'm, and I'm happy to do it. I'm happy that people are calling me and saying, no, I'm coming to your restaurant on Wednesday. Are you going to be there? And I'm like, you know what? Thanks for calling me. I'm, I'm going to see you there. I'm going to meet you there. Mm -hmm. So you got to have that, you got to really feel to really want to make that person happen. So humble, serving people, don't get too caught up on the celebrity of Russia because I think with TV now and with all this stuff that's happening, I think people can get caught up on the celebrity of, of restaurants. But it, Actually, it's a lot. I mean, restaurants are a lot of work. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to come in and all of a sudden you're a celebrity chef on TV. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very rare, very difficult. But if you keep driving every day and you have that passion, I think you can do it. Awesome. I love it. So for it factors I have, you're just a humble guy. And you have that desire to serve. And when you were talking about serving, all I could think of is the word hospitality. You're just a very hospitable person. Uh, are there any other it factors you want to add on you got to be a good judge of character with people, I think. If you can sit down with somebody and, and say, you know what, and in five minutes, you know in your heart this is a good person. Mm -hmm. And or you can tell through the talk that they're either full of crap, excuse my language, <laughs> or they're 
you know, blowing stuff, and or they're just being sincere with you. And yeah. I think you can sense that. I think uh, because that that's important in building up a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the 176 episodes I've done, and all the things that go into reading other people or being empathetic, I've just narrowed it down to two words. Social intelligence, and uh, I yeah, I can totally understand what you're saying there, and uh, I think that is a huge if factor to have in this industry. It's just being able to read people and empathize, and to know if somebody's like you said, full of crap or not. Uh, awesome it factor to have. So, go ahead. The thing also that I would say is because we have, I mean, we we have, I mean, a lot of we have about 1,153 employees. I read it every morning when it goes up and down every morning because to me. I have a responsibility to all these people in our team, mm-hmm. and you can't—I can't do that myself. No. Just everybody is involved in it. So one of the things that we're all—I mean—that we've been able to do is that we're being able to share our success with our leaders and our team, and I think that has been a very important factor in our group. That we're saying, you know what? We're not opening restaurants for the sake of opening restaurants. We're opening restaurants because we have talent in our in within our group, and we want to push and help them achieve their dreams. So we have a restaurant full of owners that come in and we decide to open something up. We build everybody becomes part of it, and we share. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a scheme in our success as well. I recently interviewed Gerard Kraft, uh, and he said, it's all about we. And uh, that was his his mantra. And I, I hear a lot of that coming out in what you're saying right now. So, huh. awesome. So, can you take one of these it factors, whether it's your just a humble approach, desire to serve that hospitality, your social intelligence, or your we attitude, and can you take us through a story, Octavio, where this one of these it factors really just help you get to the next level or shine through? Okay. Uh, let's see. I think uh, that's a tough one because there's so so many. Uh, let's say let's take the we. Mm-hmm. Let's take the the, the we factor. Um, I you know. I'm out there in the community a lot, and we 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 we're pushing, we're helping not only with vendors and local produce and all this stuff. We just opened up a a, a new uh, restaurant, um, actually not the newest, but in February we opened up an Isra- modern Israeli cuisine restaurant called Shaya. Okay, getting a lot of national attention. Um, uh, but this restaurant is really based on one of our chefs. His name is Alan Shaya, just won the James Beard Award for Best Chef in the South. Shaya, myself, and John are on this uh, restaurant, and we opened it because Alan wanted, this was his passion. Mm-hmm. He was born in Israel, uh, came to the United States, uh, to Philadelphia when he was four years old. I met him in, 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 in Harris, in St. Louis. Uh, I grew up here in New Orleans, so I wanted to move to New Orleans. I don't come with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna, we're, you're gonna love New Orleans. So, and now he's been here for over ten years. Uh, but we opened this restaurant about him, not about me, not about John Bash, but about him. It is very, it's a great pleasure when I I go and walk on the streets and people tell me, oh man, have you heard about Shia? Amazing, Alan is incredible, and they have no clue that I'm not even invo- that I'm even involved in this. And it's 
you know, it is, I'm not the first person to go, oh, well, I, that's my restaurant. You know, it's going back to that, what I said earlier, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It is the pleasure that people are telling me about a restaurant that we have. Some a team member, a we in our group, is getting 100% of the credit. And I think that has been a very direct success to what we do because we're not necessarily interested in saying, oh, that's my restaurant, but that is his restaurant. And I think that has led us to, to create restaurants that are based on other talents and other people and us supporting as a team and, and taking this person and elevate along with this team and create a whole different concept. Yes. So I love it, man. I, I really do. And I mean, it ties into also, you said you're all about we is what this it factor is. But I mean, it's also that desire to serve because yeah. as somebody who's an owner or a partner of a restaurant group, your job is to serve everyone else that's in this, I like to say above you, because if you turn that pyramid upside down, that service leadership, I mean, your job is to serve all those people. And the most successful people do exactly that. They provide opportunity. They're the means to the dreams of other people. And you hit right on the spot and provide opportunity or create opportunity within the group. mm -hmm. Because I don't think we would have what we do if it wasn't for that what you just said, because this restaurant wasn't about me, it wasn't about John, it was about him and his dream. And we say, let's go for it. Let's be unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we pushed it, and he it. did it with his team and our team, but it wasn't about us, it was about the team and his dream. And that's, and I can tell you with Shia, is that same thing. With Brian Landry, I born, is the same thing. With Tapo Sinelli, I August, is the same thing. With Eric Loza, La Provence, is the same thing. On and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's very key. One thing I just want to point out to help, you know, put this in perspective for some of the people that might be listening to this, you don't have to be the size of Besh restaurant groups or Let Us Entertain You or Union Square Hospitality to have this mentality. You can do the same thing on a small scale. And all these restaurants, Besh restaurants, these all started small and grew big, but it all came from that attitude to serve the people that you that work for you and to be there for them and to provide opportunity and room for growth and to invest in others. And you can do that on a small scale. So Think about how you can do that on a small scale with the people that are in your restaurant today. Um, don't just think, well, this that only works for huge restaurants where you can you know invest in someone's dreams. But um, I just we want, were, to- <laughs> yeah, we worked in our own in our first restaurant that we own. Yeah. We, John was a chef, and I worked as a, as a GM, and we didn't own the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, so it does. It, it happens. You got to start with the small, and you got to to a, to. A, Big degree, realize, stay that way mentality. Uh, but of course, you know you you grow, and then there's business and uh, you know things that you got to do to make sure you don't fall apart. Mm-hmm. But the mentality and the vision itself has to stay small, and I think that's why it is that way. That's Alan's restaurant, and that's uh, Tapusinelli's restaurant. This is Brian's restaurant. This is Sofon restaurant. It's not, because it is exactly what you said. Is that small mentality? Because then people come to that restaurant, they don't feel like they're 
part of a big group, they go into that restaurant because they're going to go see Alan and they're going to go see every, every team member in those small restaurants. I love it. We can talk about this all day. We have to move on to your failure, though. And I want you to take us through a moment where you just landed hard on your ass with a failure, but tell us what you learned from that failure, Octavio, and, and how you got back up and how you're better today because of it. Um, well, it's kind of uh, failure. It's, uh, it's, it's, let me see. It's fortunate we haven't had big, big, big failures. We had some, some situations. Let's, type, let's talk about challenges instead. Okay. And especially for me, and this might not be sexy or anything, but it's something that ha- is happening to me right now. Uh, you know, we started. Uh, you know, with the first restaurant, we we were. I was. I, you know, worked in the in the office. I mean, worked in the restaurant all day long. When it closed down, I went to the office and I did the accounting on QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. And then we grew. We, we grew. We grew. Well, this past summer, I decided to move out of QuickBooks and go into a different um, uh, accounting software for the entire company. Uh, I made a mistake. Instead of taking one restaurant and testing it out and 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 see how that goes and then roll it out over time, I made the call and I said, we're doing it all at once. Wow. It's been a nightmare. So yes, uh, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal because if you, all of a sudden I'm sitting with, with 12 restaurants that we can't see what the, we, the numbers are, what's happening because there's the technology is, is not compatible and it was a, a big mess. Again, I, I learned from that. My learning there was that go back to the small thing mentality. Do one at a time. Mm-hmm. Take time. Uh, do it right. Uh, don't try to too much at once and just tackle those 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 um, those problems one at a time. So, in one word to summarize, I would say scalability. Um, don't have to go huge right out of the gates. Start small. And that's a lot of the advice we get with starting a restaurant. A lot of these people, they go, they open a 200-seat restaurant out of the gates, and it's like, whoa, why don't you start with a pop-up restaurant or maybe a food truck and work your concept out and see if it sticks before you invest all that money. That's, yeah, so great advice. Um, so you've crushed the first half of this interview. We're going to dive into the knowledge bombs. It's a speed round. You're going to blow us away with restaurant bombs of knowledge. Are you ready? Okay. All right. The first question I have is, what is your advice for getting the initial capital to get started in your restaurant? Keep your servers a hospitality perspective because you don't know who's sitting on those tables that will open the door for you. And I think don't, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, go to your your family and try to borrow money on this or try to, you know, Try to do your own. There's number one thing. There's a lot of people out there that you meet and you know that they they see you and they come to see you every day at the restaurant, and there's they all are willing to help you. Mm. So don't be afraid to ask. And it might be not like they're gonna invest money in the restaurant, but it might be that they open the door with a bank. You know, there might be that this person that comes to see you once a week at the restaurant and he lo- they, they love you, they see the sincerity of you, they see the product, they see what you're doing, and they might be, you know what, let me introduce you to my best friend is the, is the head finance guy at this bank. You should meet him and open that door. Or it might be that, you know, 
they have they want to invest in a restaurant. So don't. I would say look at what you have in front of you and use those resources mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, uh, we didn't have any money when we first started. Uh, John and I were scraping and we were trying to, you know, we were working in restaurants and, and somebody in our restaurants, a good customer of ours, opened the door, introduced that person to a banker and they were willing to give us our original first small loan to buy the business of this restaurant that we were working in. Wow. So I would say don't, you know, use everybody. The takeaways for me in this advice is that, you, you know, everyone knows someone. So don't, I mean, one of the things I like to say to the younger people I talk to, um, because you're like, you're always a mentor in this industry. Like I say, you're always on an interview. Every second, every minute of your life, you're on an interview People are looking at how you hold yourself, how you work, how hard you work, who you are as a person, and you never know when you're going to blow somebody away. So treat every second of your life like you're on an interview, and you never know who you're going to meet. Because Absolutely. And, and I, I see that all the time. And, like, for example, we, we might, you might go to a social event or somebody coming in, and then you're trying to introduce somebody that you think is going to be important to this person, and they shake their hand, and they go back to their phone and start texting. And I'm like... You just wasted a very <laughs> moment, you know. Uh, <laughs> just pay attention. Look that person in the eye. Yeah. Give that dedication and that moment to to that person. Great so stuff. Don't disregard who you in front of every single day of your life. I love it. So what is your advice for hiring good people, Octavia? Like who, who do you hire? What are you looking for? What questions are you asking? Where are you looking? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to a lot of, uh, and that's the social, uh, what do you call, you called it, uh, social the, intelligence, social intelligence, which I can't necessarily quantify, but I can feel it. Uh, and I wish I could quantify it, but, uh, uh, it, but I think it's, it's, I'm looking at those cues. Like if I'm talking to somebody and if, and they're coming into interview, I'm not necessarily asking, okay, you know, tell me about this where you worked before and all this stuff. I'm I'm looking more for that, looking for that passion and, and to try to get to, is this person really want to serve somebody or they just want a job? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's mostly about those key uh, gestures, physical, what they're saying, what they're moving. I mean, if, if they're talking to me and they're with their phone, then I have a problem. If they're... Looking away and distracted, I have a problem. So yeah. a, a lot of little things. I, I, it's kind of hard for me to to quantify. But I usually talk about, you know, tell me about a you know a fun time you had with your best friend. Mm-hmm. Something completely unrelated to see if I get them talking, not necessarily this can questions. What awesome. about experiences. Great stuff. So I, I need to share this book with you because I think if, if someone like you who has strong social, natural social intelligence, the name's uh, Daniel Goleman and he wrote the book Social Intelligence and I think that I, you would just love it based off of what you're saying. Anybody at home listening to this who is th- saying to themselves, yeah, that sounds like me. I, I can look at people and know if they're BSing me or what. Like, uh, Awesome book, Social Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Uh, I just, what you're saying is I have to share that book with you. Um, all right, so the next question I have for you is, when you find good people, what's your advice for keeping them on your team? The reason we've kept good people in our team and we barely lose anybody is because of going back. Uh, first, 
it's making part of the family, getting involved in decisions, getting involved in everything. Uh, I think that's very important. Second is um, making part of the company, mm-hmm. making part of the business. If they're that good and if we plan on growing, they got great ideas, why lose this person to go either work or open their own restaurant when we can do it together? Yeah. So I think uh, it's be- making our entire business model is not is based on building other people's companies. Mm, that's awesome. And I love it because, I mean, I've seen that so often. I really think that um, that's what you have to have that mentality no matter how big of a company you are. If you're investing in, um, you'd say you have high school kids that are working for you. I mean, right. they have skills and natural talents that you need to invest in them and help maybe get maybe – like a small percentage, like point zero zero one percent of them might actually want a career in the hospitality industry. But when right. you find that person and you help them grow as an individual and they want a career in hospitality and you can retain them, that's when things start to blossom like you have with the, the best restaurant group. Absolutely. Such great advice. So uh, what is one book, if you could just narrow it down to – a business book or a hospitality book or a resource if you can't think of a book that is a must read or a much watch or whatever. I, I mean, it's that one's easy because I make all my anybody who goes into management or anybody that wants to read the book, I push them to read the book. It's setting the table with Danny Meyer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one that we make everybody read and not make it. They should want it. <laughs> yes, so, awesome. So that's one that we do. Awesome um, then, what to be honest, I love reading, I read tons. I'm, I, I try to read, I, I actually have, you know, Google Alerts, and I have, like, hospitality and this, <laughs> you know, restaurants and different things that have nothing to do, and I end up reading great articles on those alerts, oh, and that's some smart. of them won't take me but five minutes every day, well, yeah. in the morning, I got these things, I click in it. Looks like a great article. I read it. I learn something. Yeah. And I, that's something I do every day. Beautiful. So it's not something that I have to read an entire book, but I'm learning and reading something uh, that is that 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 will help me uh, going forward. That's the first time someone's mentioned the power of Google and Google Alerts uh, and how you can just create those little pings to search the web whenever there's an article that is relevant to your industry uh, just to read an article so thank you for that and setting the table has been mentioned so many times on the show Uh, I need you to share your favorite takeaway from that book Uh, I think the overall I mean it's it's at the end of the day, it's you know it's it's hospitality, and you keep you keep saying it. It's not service. It's really hospitality, and I think the overall vision of that book it's 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 that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was very smart of Danny to just uh, put it in that context, and and um, and I think that's basically it. Awesome, great, thank you very much. So the next question is on the topic of marketing. If you could just blow us away with one piece of marketing advice, what would it be? Focus on individual specific campaigns. Mm -hmm. Don't, going back to this big marketing scheme and all these plans and all this stuff, you'll never get it done. Yeah. Focus on a campaign. You got a restaurant, if you're gonna focus, let's say you're creating something, and I'll give you an example. Um, 
one of our restaurants downtown, we do downtown Tuesdays. So focus on downtown Tuesdays for marketing. Try to use social media. Try to go to the residents around it. Uh, focus on that campaign. Make that campaign successful, and you'll get people in butts in seats. And and then the next restaurant, if it's a uh, um, specialty happy hour or something like that, focus on that campaign. Or focus on, on on individual stuff, one day at a time. And Mark, what you need, what you really need to do is sit down and try to pinpoint those for the next year. Mm-hmm. You know we have Thanksgiving, we know we have uh, Mother's Day, and we know we have, we know they have the regular days in the calendar year. Mm-hmm. Fill your calendar up. And then where you see spots, create individual campaigns that are that will get people to your restaurants. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing from you is plan your work, work your plan, but focus. Don't get distracted by by, by trying to do too much at once. So, uh, pick something that's going to be impactful and focus. One of my favorite acronyms for uh, focus is follow one course until success. I, yeah. I can't take credit from that. It's from uh, from John Lee Dumas, an entrepreneur on Fire podcast. But uh, great acronym and uh, great advice. And I wrote down something earlier talking about, I mean, all of your restaurants are based on your people and uh, de- trying to develop a person. And one piece of advice I've gotten in, on the show is that you need to market your, your restaurant and yourself together. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, is that the same culture that Besh uses? Are you, when you're trying to develop a concept, it sounds like you're develop, developing a concept around someone's vision, around someone's love and passion. So is that similar advice? Absolutely. Uh, it's all about talent and all about those. In the, I mean, nowadays, you know, chefs tend to be the, the driving forces in restaurants. And we are a chef-driven company. So we do try to build our, our restaurants around individual talents that are being grown through our group that we see the talent we motivate them and then they go through through um, through the process of helping them get to to, to that to those uh, to their restaurant are there any other benefits you can think of to marketing or developing a restaurant around the person um, with the- diversification you can't you can't put like anybody would have say if I would have built restaurants around John you know we have little in nine restaurants in New Orleans within blocks of each other. Yeah. If I really thought it was about just John Bash, then probably not here. <laughs> yeah. Every still concept is different. Yes. There are one offs built around uh, talent. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's much more sustainable because if you think about it, I mean if you were to come up with a concept like a theme restaurant and it might be hot for a little while, but you're going to lose that, that drive, that passion, and to Absolutely. sustain that image. But when you're developing a restaurant on who you are, I mean, then you can be your core values of who you are and what you're doing is aligned with your restaurant. You don't have to change. You don't have to, you know, right. pretend to be that concept all the time. Right. So, Absolutely. Plus, people want to see their owner in the restaurant. Yeah. And if one of the owners is the chef or the GM or, or part of the group, they're there. I love it. And we'll take that and treat it like, like it's theirs. And it is theirs. So I think that works. All right. Let's talk about technology. How important is technology? It's been said that technology is an accelerator of you know systems and processes. And uh, is there a technology that you're leveraging in front of house or back of house or maybe uh, in your personal uh, life? 
we use technology everywhere. I think it's one of the things that, thanks to me having a background in computer science, I'm invested. I'm, I'm, our company has been in the cloud since there was no cloud. Mm-hmm. I mean, we tr- I try to move everything to, to you know, and we use every. I mean, we're a, a Google company, so mm-hmm. everything's Gmail, everything's Hangout, everything's going through through Google, Google Drive, Google Docs, everything. It's so powerful. It's free. It's free. It's free, (laughs) (laughs) which is great. Uh, And then, um, of course, you know, reservations, open table we use. Uh, uh, We we use Fishbowl for email marketing. Our our accounting is the same way. Everything, we use technology for everything. For our, our... our managers every morning get uh, an alert automatically. Talent, we use Vengav, you know, we, we, uh, talent, we use Swipely, we use all the, every, to me, that makes a difference. It gives you the little, little advantage over somebody who's not using yeah. it. It's not, we don't even look at that, where it's just me better than another restaurant because I think we compete against our own self. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it just, Data is important, just as long as you take that data and make it human, mm-hmm. related to to a person. Yeah. So we 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 use it with that technology. I think I, I, we couldn't do twelve hours. I mean, we, we are heavily into technology. Yeah, and I love that you brought up Venga and Swipely, two companies that I'm uh, very interested in learning more about. Uh, just because it's like you mentioned, data, data analytics. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like. Uh, Hospitality is all about anticipating needs. And when you can look at every little fine detail about someone's habits, what their spending habits are, what they like, what their allergies are, you can literally just be so on top of those needs. And they won't even, like, just imagine that power of knowing somebody so well. And it's not a matter of just knowing, but you doing something about it is. But having the opportunity to do something about it, because now you know, is so powerful. Absolutely. And I think that's the key. It's like making feel somebody at home yeah you know that they're your friend and every little detail that you can have about that customer and uh guess uh is important and you can can give if you can use it to make that that situation better you should and i think very important but even in like social media uh there's so much out there and we when people say, you know, yeah, you can't do nothing. No, you know what? We get a report every morning of every review, whether it's in Yelp or OpenTable or whatever. And if, if it's, we are responding mm-hmm. every morning. We're responding to those guests and saying, thank you for coming in. I'm glad you had a great time. Or if it's a bad situation, turn it around and make him come back in. Oh, is that, is that part of Denny Myers setting the table there, writing the end of the story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's important. Uh, all those little things are, 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 are you know, awesome. Yeah. It's like unbelievable. And you I, be using it. We were running a little towards the end of the show here, so I don't want to dive too deep into this topic of technology. But I really want to pick your mind just a little bit more on Google Docs and Google Drive because I don't think people recognize the power of how that can help you organize and set systems and processes up where you have access to all these documents. So I, for example, when I've used it in the past, I host all the handbooks, checklists, uh, operations manuals right there so it's easily accessed 
by your team so they can always have access to it. What are some of the examples you use yeah, it for? That's a perfect example. Uh, create a site for your restaurant uh, in Google Sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, put all your documents in there. Uh, where they can come in, go to a link, go to a folder. They're all there. Mm-hmm. Anytime get updated, it automatically gets updated. It, you're always with the last document. It's perfect. You're not worried about on a, uh, which one's the last one, which changes I made. Mm-hmm. It's all up to date. We use that. We you share a lot of, uh, uh, you know, we use Google Drive a lot, uh, especially from a social media yeah. and picture standpoint. And just uh, to elaborate on that real quick, you mentioned uh, it automatically updates. So you're, you're, the process, you're being way more efficient, way more automated because you don't have to go through, update a document, and then have all these extra steps to upload new files and to take old files down. If there's a change to a procedure or a process, you go into Google Docs. You can even delegate it to somebody because multiple people can use and work on the same document, and then it's updated instantly, and everybody has can see those instant updates. So it's efficient, it's effective. There's so much power there. I don't know why people pay for, for <laughs> having email somewhere. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. I think we've been using it since this, since forever. Yeah. And uh, it's to me, it's one of the most powerful tools that we have. We do, I mean, we it, uh, we do meetings through you know hangouts. We do everything through. Uh, we even use Chromebooks. Yes. Yeah. As we use. Google. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Okay, we can move on now. Thank you for uh, entertaining me and diving deeper with that topic. So, uh, if you could go back in time, say, uh, I don't know, one point, maybe when you're coming back to partner with John Dash, if you could give yourself, your past version of yourself, one piece of business advice in that moment, what would it be? I'm sorry, the dog is barking. Wait, no, wait. I'm, I'm happy. Dogs to, to work. So. I'm, I'm happy your dog's barking because it's not my dog this time. So I feel like a little bit better that it's not just me. That what to... was the question? I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. So if you could go back in time to say a, a time when you were deciding to, to partner up with John Bash and you, and you could give yourself one piece of business advice, what would it be? Um, it's interesting. Very good question because. When John and I met together, I was working for her Caesars Entertainment. I used to uh, basically open restaurants all over the country for casino companies, Caesars. Uh, went all over the place. And I came back to open Steakhouse with John. I was their liaison. They sent me over here to make a deal with John. Yeah. Him and I were friends because I grew up in, in, in New Orleans. I didn't know it was him until I got, came back. And uh, we opened the restaurant. It's very successful. Everything's doing good. But I was working for Caesars, and John was this the, the celebrity chef in the restaurant. Yep. And we had that opportunity to buy our first restaurant. And I was very, uh, I was comfortable. Mm-hmm. I was earning a great living. I made, I mean, uh, got paid very well. Big corporation. They had a great future for me. Mm-hmm. And I was with this decision. Go out on your own and take a rest of owning a restaurant. It happened three months before Katrina, by the way. Oh, wow. Or keep and be comfortable. And thank God I decided to to take the rest. So I would say don't be afraid to take a rest. Mm -hmm. I think that is what taking a rest is what's going to to propel you to the next level. Take that chance. If you feel good in your heart that this is the right to do, don't let the financial and the situation around you change it. I think go ahead and take the leap. I think 
do that was probably one of my best decisions I've ever done. Taking that risk, wow. get uncomfortable, and and uh, and be uncomfortable and get it right. Well, that's great business advice, and I'm happy you're saying this because uh, it makes me feel better about the risk I'm taking with Restaurant Unstoppable. Because uh, <laughs> living uh, around trying to create these episodes and work and go to it's it's been a hectic. Uh, uphill battle, but I'm loving every second of it. I'm learning so much, and uh, hopefully, this risk pays off for me. Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> it's unstoppable. Yes. <laughs> Great stuff. You've been awesome. I mean, if there's one question I could have asked you to add more value to this episode, uh, what would it be? Ooh, don't be afraid. Uh, take, a, take a leap of faith and pursue your heart a little more than your head. Mm hmm. But don't forget your head. You just got to make sure that if it feels right, go out on the limb and, and, and do it. I think you, you, you'll be surprised how, what you can accomplish. Awesome stuff. So those are all the questions I have for you. Thank you so much. You've been so great. We wrap up every episode by just calling somebody out. So who is one indie restaurant professional you admire and think would make a great guest mentor on the show like you did today? Uh, uh, Jeff Benjamin with Betri Group would be a great guy. I don't Man, know. he's on fire because two episodes back to back, somebody has called him out. So he was a great guest, and I have had him on the show. Um, so you're dead on with your uh, eye in talent because he was a great guest. Uh, but can you think of anybody else? Um, Donnie with uh, One Off Hospitality. Donnie, one-off hospitality. All right, look out, Donnie. I'm coming after you. I would be honored if you'd join me as a guest mentor on the show. And let the folks at home know how we can connect with you. If they want to come work for uh, Best Restaurant Groups, uh, join your team. Maybe they have you know, a, a drive to, to make a career in this industry, and you can help support them in their career and help them with their dreams. Reach directly to me, Octavio at ChefJohnBatch.com. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. I'll have all the notes, uh, all those links in the email and uh, everything we talked about today and during the interview in the show notes. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash Octavio. Make sure I'm saying it correctly. Got to look at it. <laughs> Montilla. Um, yeah. Great guest, Octavio. Seriously, you were awesome. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. Another episode wrapped up. A great interview with Octavio Mantilla. Awesome stuff. I think we can end this episode the way we started it. And that's with that quote of, you can accomplish anything as long as you don't mind who gets the credit. And I think that's just such an awesome mentality to have. Uh, Just putting your people first and making it about we. And I think just having that focus, having that way about yourself can get you so far and I think you know (laughs) you Octavio are a great example of that taking care of your people providing opportunities to other and investing in others awesome lesson to be learned here and like always I just have to remind you to please uh, support the show and it's easy to do just use the links in the show uh, if there's a product or service that's mentioned, uh, use my links. There's a good chance I might have an affiliation with that company, and I will get a small commission at no extra expense to you. That's how I make these shows free. Uh, or just leave a five-star review on iTunes. That also is a great way to support the show. And I also have a support page 
on the website where you can make a small donation to help me cover some of the expenses of paying for the website, the hosting, and all that stuff. It's not free. So any support you can give would be much appreciated. So thank you in advance. If you have any questions or suggestions for guests on the show, shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com, or connect with me on Twitter at Eric Cacciatore. I'm out there. I'm easy to find. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts and suggestions. Don't be shy. All right, that's all I have. I'll let you go. Until next time, peace out.